there's so much to do. There's so much life out there. There's so much that we can achieve. So who is Effa? I feel like Effa is a human being who dared to dream. And every now and then, I not lose focus, but I'm distracted. Yeah. And I have to remind myself, like, yo, what are you doing? This is the goal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, sometimes you need to allow yourself to enjoy life. You need to live in the moment. But I was talking with my friend yesterday. I just said, Effa, I think you always live in the future. Sometimes live in the now. Soak it all in. Because Effa, every time you talk, you're always saying, I want to, I need to, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. You never say, I just did this. I just did that. Yeah. I am doing this. I'm I'm always three steps ahead. I'm always in the what's next mode, which can be a good thing, but also can be a bad thing. So FI is a dreamer. FI is adventurous. And FI is not scared of losing. Welcome back to your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Ishibani and I'm your host, doing the absolute most on your favorite platform, where we come to have the conversations and discussions about the things that matter. And today I'm speaking to yet another phenomenal African about, you know, just the inner workings of his mind. I'm always very keen on, you know, discovering who these characters are, these people that really stand in the forefront and put Africa on the map, but more importantly, that highlight really crucial issues and that just help us to move our continent forward in many amazing, amazing ways. Now, without further ado, he's someone that you know as Tivdo in Unbroken, someone that you know as Tayo, the infamous Tayo in the men's club, and even Epe in Adjoche. Now, if you still do not know who I'm talking about, these are not his names. His real name is Efa Iwara, and today he is my guest. Efa, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me, Sakina. It's a pleasure. I still can't believe this is happening. Last week, it was Aka, and yeah. today, it is Efa. It's just wow. Yeah, thank you for having us. It is such a pleasure. How are you? I'm tired as hell. That's how I am. But I'm all right. I'm glad to hear that. I'm all right. I'm glad to give me a little bit of your time, even in that tiredness. Sure. I'm I'm looking forward to learning from you. It's always exciting to meet people from other African cultures. We have so much to learn from each other. Likewise, especially. That is totally, totally the purpose of this. So tell us a little bit about a day in your life. Like what does it look like? Um, you know, where is all of this tiredness coming from? Um, so usually it's um if I'm not on set, if I'm not going to work, probably hit the gym, come home, put some food in my belly. Mm-hmm. so I don't die and then probably work on some scripting and some of some ideas and if I'm fortunate enough I get to beat my neighbor in FIFA wow. but if I'm working <laughs> but if I'm working wake up head to set and you shoot all day till mm-hmm. nighttime, and then um, get home and then follow the quits or try to turn down some ideas you know for personal projects and yeah it's pretty much it it's pretty simple pretty simple that's a very busy jam-packed day if you ask me but that's that's quite cool I feel like mm. I'm studying at the moment but like I just feel like wow let me just leave this life I'm gonna live my best life because it's so much but I know that it's it's all gonna be worth it one day and it's all gonna build up to that moment where you can sort of do what you want you know but yeah I think we all have a misconception about how easy it is to be someone in the media can you tell us a little bit about that like I think we all look at like the AMVCAs and congratulations on your nominations very soon yeah. it will materialize we, amen we just... <laughs> amen a big 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 shout out to Stadion Zephyr 
winning. Congratulations to him. Congratulations um, indeed. Yes. Uh, but um, people, I feel like what happens is a lot of people just see the grits and the glam, mm-hmm. and they think it's a walk in the park, but they don't understand that it's a lot deeper than that. You have to put in more work. You have to deal with being a popular figure, which means that I can't just wear like my underwear and walk on the road anymore, which is very sad. Yeah. I used to enjoy doing that. Um, wow. You probably still catch me doing that every now and then. But um, people hold you to higher expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, people treat you differently, sometimes fairly, sometimes unfairly. Mm-hmm. And just being on set and working, sometimes it does take a toll on you physically. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's been like um, a buildup of just working so much in the last couple of months that even when I take a week off, even in that week off, I'm still working. I'm still thinking up ideas. I can shoot a feature, shoot a short film, shoot an advert here and there, you know. And then this doesn't, like, I haven't called my mother in God knows how long. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like it's 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 a lot. Yeah. And everyone, I mean, I'm not married. Imagine the guy who's married or the actress who's married or who has kids. Mm-hmm. So now you're not just living for yourself, you're living for other people. So that as well can take a, a tremendous toll on the person, on the, on the individual. So what kind of like coping mechanisms do you have in place to help you to stay, you know, grounded, but to still give your ultimate best? Random conversations. So I'm the kind of guy, because I don't see my friends a lot. I can just FaceTime someone. Mm-hmm. and just talk and ask about their day or go on Instagram live, you know, and just just with people mm-hmm. um, or play a video game or have a glass of wine or talk with my neighbors, you know. But for me, it's, it's having interactions outside the workspace, even if it's work we're talking about, but just having interactions with different people. It helps me take my mind off what is at stake. Yeah, you know? It could be talking with my sister who just got a new job, you know, and just finding out how that's going with her. Mm-hmm. Just random, just random conversations. Random conversations. That's quite cool. You seem like a very grounded gentleman. Somebody that grew up mm-hmm. in, or somebody that comes from Ibadan, right? And I take it right now, you live yes. in Lagos. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but I'm not from Ibadan. Mm-hmm. I'm from Cross River State. who get from Cross River State, but my dad was a, a professor at the University of Ibadan, so I was born there. Yes. And raised there. And then, of course, Lagos is the center of entertainment. So, yeah, I had to make that move down to Lagos. And how has that been? Like, the transition from, like, your childhood and your surroundings to, you know, the fast-paced Lagos life? It was horrible. Horrible, 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 horrible. My yearbook university, my dislikes were dishonesty and Lagos. Wow. And here you are. I know, right? Because Lagos is really fast-paced. But growing up in Ibadan, Ibadan is very chill. Ibadan like the countryside. Mm-hmm. And I grew up on campus in Ibadan, so everything is slow. There are no generators. Everyone is polite and nice. Businesses open at between 9 and 10. By 10 p.m., everyone has gone to bed. Everything is cool. <laughs> but Lagos, <laughs> Lagos, businesses are open by like 6 a.m. Sure. They don't sleep. The nightlife, people are jumping up and down. It's, it's, it's crazy. And how has that sort of shaped the man that you are today? I feel like I've, I've learned the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. So like during the lockdown COVID, I was perfectly fine just staying at home because that's how I grew up. Like yeah. just, just being at home, going for walks, you know, nothing crazy. But also Lagos teaches you how to move quick. So even if you threw me in, I was going to say, wait, do you live in South Africa? I live in South Africa, Pretoria, South Africa. Okay, I was, I'm trying to practice my Gauteng. Gauteng. <laughs> You're so close, I... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Gauteng. Yeah, the last one out there, they're trying to teach me. And if you dub me in Johannesburg, 
with absolutely nothing. I'll be just fine. Like I'm not oh. even worried. I just be like, okay, I, I know, I know what to do. I know who to talk with. Like that's what Lagos teaches you. It teaches mm-hmm. you how to navigate no matter, no matter the circumstances. That's wonderful. Like survival skills on like a hundred. Yeah. Now let's talk about what your dream was before acting, because I read in an interview that you did that acting as actually came about out of boredom, which is very interesting because you're quite good at it. So it's like, how did that oh, actually thank you. start? Thank you. Just take us through that. What is the dream for Efa growing up in Ibadu before he discovered um, acting? Oh, um, so I have been through many phases. I always tell people this and it cracks people up. As a kid, I wanted to be Batman because I no thought it was ways. believable. I'm telling you, that was my dream to be a superhero. Just mm-hmm. make a ton of money, be a billionaire and just help people and save lives wow. but then i realized that that was going to be pretty hard then um i wanted to be a doctor okay and that phase passed and then i wanted to be a geologist and make a ton of money from oil mm-hmm. in nigeria which i mean i studied geography science in school but in all this i loved i love music and i started rapping yes and, and i became a rapper mm-hmm. and i have always acted for fun for pranks just mm-hmm. for kicks i never saw it as a career and then when i finished school i moved to lagos to be a rapper and that was my career for about six years. Wow. <clears throat> but my label was shutting down. They were closing shop. And then I'm like, oh, I love music so much. I'll either be at OAP on radio mm-hmm. or or maybe a DJ or maybe an actor. Okay. I like film. And I prayed about it. And I just feel like God kind of told me film, like just acting, like just going to that world. And I got an audition and I went for it and then haven't looked back since then. I mean, it's quite interesting. I, I feel like it was such a beautiful, like full circle moment when you did the song with Ayola, Ayolola in Ayola. Am I saying it right? Yeah, Ayola, 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 I think, yes. Okay, okay. Yes, I think that's it, yeah. But I mean, like I said, it's, I had recorded music like for years. I used to go back and check. I have stuff with Plantation Boys. I used to tour with no two I was on MI's Illegal Music 2. Wow. I was on Fino's album. I have music with Alani Day. That Ukraine praise that was that was a different person, different life, Jeez. you know. And then to switch to film, to switch to acting, you know, it was kind of hard, like just taking all that and just becoming a whole new person, like just mm-hmm. taking that and not throwing it away. Like I still record music, mm-hmm. but I just I just leave it on my phone. But I was talking with someone the other day, and I thought, you know what, you know what, I think I'll put out like an EP or something just for kids. Yeah, no man, but that's so awesome. Yeah, like, that's... do you feel like you had to sort of kill it off, or is it really killing it off, or just like choosing one part of yourself over the other? Yeah, fun fact. I was talking about this, I think, yesterday with my former manager. And I was basically saying, look, music and film, they are two very jealous lovers. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do both because I remember I picked up the mic to record something some months back and I was so rusty. I was the same person that could record a song in less than an hour. Easy. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. And it feels it feels awkward because my mindset has changed because mm-hmm. of I think in film. So even before recording the song, I'm thinking of what the video will look like. So I'm going to have to take the film brain and like put it, put it aside. aside and take the music brain and become a totally different person. So yeah, I might still do that this month, depending okay. on how my schedule goes. Which is the second problem, scheduling. Which was a beautiful, interesting interaction we had. But I'm still so glad that you did it because not everybody's <laughs> like so humble and open to speaking 
talking to people that are still like up and coming and, and stuff like that. So I'm really, really, really grateful that you availed yourself and you gave mm. me this time. We've seen all of these beautiful sides of FR, right? But I want to know who does FR think FR is when you think of yourself, when you look at yourself in the mirror. Because we could think all of these other things. We could think, like I said, like Obina, we could think Tayo, we could think um, rapper, mm. we could think actor <laughs> mm-hmm. and this and that. Who do you actually see when you see yourself? And like, where do you see yourself going? At what point do you think you're going to be accomplished in your own eyes? Um, I don't think I'll ever feel accomplished because mm. there's always more. Yeah. I mean, I, ca- I can feel temporary accomplishments um, every now and then. If I'd won the MVC, I'd have felt accomplished for like three days. Mm-hmm. But after those three days, I'm thinking, why not get an Oscar? Why not get an Emmy? Why mm-hmm. not get a, a Golden Globe? There's so much to do. There's so much life out there. There's so much that we can achieve. So who is Effa? I feel like Effa is a human being who dared to dream. And every now and then, I not lose focus, but I'm distracted. Yeah. And I have to remind myself, like, yo, what are you doing? This is the goal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, sometimes you need to allow yourself to enjoy life. You need to live in the moment. But I was talking with my friend yesterday. I just I think you always live in the future. Sometimes live in the now, soak it all in. Because every time you talk, you're always saying, I want to, I need to, I'm going to. Mm -hmm. You never say, I just did this. I just did that. Yeah. I am doing this. I'm, I'm always three steps ahead. I'm always in the what's next mode, which can be a good thing, but also can be a bad thing. So FI is a dreamer. FI is adventurous. And FI is not scared of losing. I love that because it takes the, the phrase die trying and makes it glorious because you're not going to die trying because you failed. You're just always going to up your game and do better and be greater. And, and I think that's an amazing legacy to leave. The, the words I have been saying in my head, they might sound a bit morbid, but it's every man dies but not every man lives and one of my favorite movies Braveheart mm-hmm. there's a war scene where Mel Gibson is talking to the to these Scotsmen and he tells them well let's ride out against the English and they'll say no 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 that it's like sure death yeah and they're just gonna go back home and it says I, I can't do the Scottish accent let's work on it <laughs> go home and you live stay here and fight and you might die but one thing is guaranteed I have to switch back to normal accents. It says years from now, years, years from now, while you're old, you will lie up in your bed awake one night and say to yourself, if only I had taken that chance then. If only I had fought then. Yeah. And it asks, do you guys want to have that regret? So I say to myself, while I'm still young and able-bodied, why not act all you can act? Mm -hmm. Shoot all you can shoot. Be audacious. Travel. See the world. Attempt things, you know. As opposed to just being in my comfort zone and just being an actor and, you know, life just goes on. No, no, no. Make an album, Effa. Yeah. your last project was 2011. And you put out a few singles. That's rubbish. You have 24 hours in the day. What are you doing with them? Jeez. Record an album. Yeah. <laughs> in my tank. In my tank. But record the damn thing. I'm putting mm-hmm. it out there. You know, record it first. That's like my mindset. You know, shoot a film. Shoot a feature. Uh, if it doesn't come out well, oh, you try again. Yeah. Do you know how many times Michael, Michael Jordan took last second shots and failed, but he's remembered for the ones that went in. That's look true. Look at Benjamin Franklin, one of the greatest inventors of all time. I think he failed is it 1,000 or something times before he yeah. found electricity. Mm-hmm. But no no one remembers the 1,000 or something failures. They remember the one. That he found electricity. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's just my mindset. Like my reaction right now is because I'm also someone that like constantly lives in the future. And you have my siblings and my mom just telling me like, yo, just come back for a little bit. You know, just, just come, <laughs> just, just bring it back a little bit. And then, you know, you'll be fine. And it's the weirdest thing. Like you can literally feel like your spirit is like in the future. But like you come back to yourself in those moments where you're like, oh, I wish... 
I enjoyed that moment. It wasn't really about the winning or the losing. It was just about being present. And I feel like I've yeah. missed out on so much of life because I'm like, either in the future, I'm in the past. And mm-hmm. it's like, where are you in the present? You know, because you're missing out on so much of life. Damn. So like mm-hmm. when you say that and then you think of the 24 hour thing. Yeah. Yo, today I was at work and I was just sitting mm-hmm. there and I was just like, flip, like I'm tired. But the time was going. I just remembered that when we go to God one day, he's not going to sit there and say, well, yeah, I understand that you were having a bad day. Like those two hours, like it's totally find that you wasted them you just you sat through them and you dread it but that's the thing sakina if you feel stressed out by the way what are you studying i'm studying ba law so bachelor of arts in law oh awesome that sounds exciting so if you go to work and you're tired sit down grab a burger eat it i love your legs I yeah, love that. I just, I just chill. I give yourself, even if it's twenty minutes, I say, ah, ah, what a day! Yeah, like what a freaking day! Mm-hmm. Call your mom, call your sibling, call your friend, call your boyfriend, husband, call your child if you can, or play a game on your phone mm-hmm. and give yourself twenty minutes to recuperate. And when you're done, remember, boom, go okay. time. Yeah, let's go. Like sometimes I allow myself wallow in self-pity rage i do that sometimes mm-hmm. i just sit down just i just say oh my god like after losing the mvc for like 30 minutes i was upset and i told all my friends just give me 30 minutes i need to work it out with my system mm-hmm. like think it through you know go through thinking it's a failure to thinking it's an opportunity to do even more next year and then i come out of that for sure you know and i saw stan and who's, who's a friend of mine i said my g my g yeah but <laughs> well, congrats, my G. Yeah. See you again next year. Same, you know man. what I'm saying? So that's it. Allow yourself to process it. Sometimes you can take 30 minutes, sometimes it can take an hour, mm-hmm. but don't let it drag on for too long. Don't let it throw you into the funk, you know? Yeah. Like I literally, literally, as I came out of it, I just said, okay, guys, feature EP this year, we go harder. Let's go. Yeah. If I had what, I'd probably be more relaxed. But I'm like, mm-hmm. no, we lost. Therefore, we do more, we go harder. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's it. Like, don't be scared to feel sad or feel bad. Don't be worried if you're down and you lose a day. Nah, it's a day. You have 364 left mm-hmm. in the year. We'll make up for it. And let's I go. love it. Always I love it. Let's go. For sure. I would, I've learned to do that because I was like a serial mm-hmm. perfectionist. So I wouldn't allow myself those days off because I just feel like, dude, you've lost a day. Like, you could have done so. So I'm, I'm glad that this is just like reaffirmation that, look, you're a human being at the end of the day. And that's what's very important. You're not going to be productive if you're actually killing yourself in that moment. So that's great. And I'd now like to ask because that was a moment of competition, even though Stan was your G, but that was a moment of like, okay, we literally mm-hmm. being pit against each other. Do you believe in competition? Like, what is competition to you? I live for competition. Okay. Like, that's the only thing that keeps us going. So, for example, Daniel, Daniel Etzim F. Young, who plays Larry, is actually um, one of my close friends in the industry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we get picked for similar roles okay. and we have to audition against each other. Mm-hmm. for the roles it's all love like one of us has to get it if it's yeah. not me i hope it's him mm-hmm. if it's not him i'm sure he hopes it's me yeah so sometimes he would tell me if i'm on this project and sometimes like his schedule doesn't work out and he can't do the project anymore and then i find myself doing it or someone can reach out to me that oh if i want you to shoot this and like i can't do it and then next thing i hear they're shooting and i see daniel on set but let me tell you when when you should be worried you should be worried when they wanted daniel to do it and then it doesn't come to me okay. Okay. They wanted me to do it. And it doesn't go. It doesn't go to him. Mm-hmm. That means he's not even in the same stratosphere.
thing. He's not he's not even in that in that WhatsApp group. Damn. That's when you should be worried. Like, yo, so it's kind of like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. when they were going head to head. You become myopic when you you let envy. Okay. So yeah. don't confuse competing with envy. Mm-hmm. Two different things. Competition is good, envy is bad. Period. No, I love that because like speaking from experience, I also used to be very, very fueled by that when it came to like academics and everything. Mm-hmm. Always used to have like this very healthy competition amongst my friends. And just like you said, like if it's not Daniel, then it's you. It was just like that mm-hmm. with my friends. Like if it's not me, then it's one of my other friends. And it was like, it was great. If I'm not winning, you're winning. But like we are all mm-hmm. winning together. So I think mm-hmm. it's something that we need to enforce more within our African community, in the Congolese community, in South Africa. Mm-hmm. We're just so threatened by one another, by one another's success as if like it has been on your success and that's that's quite sad so that's the thing you are congolese by birth i believe yes 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 but i was born and raised in south africa so i don't think the problem is between african countries i think it's the rest of africa against nigeria to be fair really because we don't get yep we don't get a lot of love nigerians don't get a lot of love like i don't know why but people either love us Mm -hmm. or hate us it's very hard to find people neutral they say Mm -hmm. nigerians make too much noise Nigerians just come and they're, they're corrupt. Nigerians are this, Nigerians are that, and they don't say Nigerians are kind. Nigerians, are, Nigerians help other countries' industries. Nigerians trade. Nigerians bring influx of money. So I mean, then again, we're the biggest, mm-hmm. biggest black nation in the world. So it is, it is expected. But people have no idea how much Nigerians love other Africans. That's, I feel like that's what breaks my heart. Yeah, I think the only people that we we have some kind of competition with is, is Ghana, <laughs> and they're like a little bit. Like, yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's all, it's all love. Yeah. Like, when we make Ghanaians, it's really all love, especially on our side. And I've been a lot of like, like Ghanaians who, like, it's all love from their side as well. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, every now and then, uh, I remember when I went to Cameroon to shoot a movie and it was beautiful. It was great. I met new friends. I had a great time. I was staying in Boya in Cameroon. Beautiful place. Yeah. But every now and then, I meet one guy who's like, why did you not come to shoot film here? Can't you find a Cameroonian here? And I'm like, bro, That's why? not the point. Yeah. Why that? The whole point is about bridging the gap because once a Nigerian guy is in your film, Nigerians will be interested in seeing that. I mean, doing that, you are growing your film industry, which exactly. is just emerging in comparison to Nollywood. And then Cameroonians can then come over. Because, for example, there was a time when Ghanaian actors were the toast of Nollywood. Yes, that's true. Magic Michael, you had Van Vicker, you had... Um, Nadia Bwari, Jackie Abwari, Nelson, yeah. Jackie Ap- So I'm like, because when they did that, Nigeria said, oh, so there's like a Ghanaian film industry? Oh, let's see who check out their stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's that there's that cross. And I'm, I'm hoping to see that happen with, with uh, South Africa though. I think we tried that once with Jacob's Cross way back. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing more collaborations between African countries. And I think that'll be the best for Africa moving forward as a whole. I mean, for sure. Like, I totally hear what you're saying. I think especially living in South Africa where they just, the general negative consensus is that drug dealers, fraudsters and yeah. you know what I mean and it sucks because I'm like I have seen the light I have, mm-hmm. I have like really well, just, like and there's so there's this thing I always say so if there are 10 people in your community and 
one, 10% is bad. That means one person is bad out of 10. Mm-hmm. But people forget that we're about 100. So 10% is 10. Yeah. Out of the 100. So yeah. they see the 10 and they forget about the 90. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, hey, right. you know, come to the tertiary. Mm. But I think it's also like an intimidation because you're very bold, outspoken. You don't really need somebody else to use to shine. It's just within your nature. I don't know. I love, love, love Nigerians. Growing up in a South African society, like it's always, you know, you're always surrounded by all of those very negative ideas and ideas. And, Ni- then- and Nigerians love South Africans. That's, that's, what, <laughs> that's what kills me. Oh because word. I've never met a Nigerian who said I didn't like a South African. That's true. Never. No, That's very not true. once. Not once. We love the music. Mm-hmm. We love the dances. We love the beautiful women. Mm-hmm. We love the freedom. Like how you guys do like, these car things with your BMWs. And look, see, I've been listening. Like you guys had Channel O. That's true. You know what I'm saying? You guys brought, you guys brought multi-choice to Nigeria. Like mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. the hate? Yeah. We absolutely love South Africans. We love Africa. Africans in general, everybody. Nigerians mm-hmm. are very welcoming. Mm-hmm. Very like if you came to Nigeria, you're like, oh, hi guys, I'm from Congo and I live in South Africa. And I probably say, have you have, have you gone out? Yeah. No. Let's go. Let's <laughs> let's let's go out. Yeah. Oh, what do you drink? Ah, you should try. You should try this. Have you eaten mm-hmm. this food? Ah, try it too. <laughs> what do you think? Those are Nigerians for you. Like I can't you know? wait to try all of those meals, man. Banga, foriru, everything, man. Like I'm so excited. But hey, I'm gonna hold. But don't you have? But don't you have? But don't you have Nigerians there? Like we do. So just me not being as adventurous as I should be. I've had a goosey before, a neighbor. I've had dollar fries. So I think that's like the extent to which I've gone. So I still have to have like. Do you guys have yam? We do have yam. Congolese people don't eat yam like that, really. So maybe that's why I was just like, we eat cassava, which you also have, which you also eat. But like we eat the leaves more than, you know. So it's it's a bit of, <laughs> no. <laughs> We eat the no, leaves. But, yeah, I, I, I promise can... you, they're so good. I actually want to know what the backstory is for Nigerians not eating the leaves. Because every time we watch your movies, we're like, oh my God, the amount of money I could be making from selling all of those leaves <laughs> that you guys don't eat. No, but no, but that's the thing. I think in my culture where I'm from, I think there's actually, I think we actually do do something with the cassava leaves, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's not very popular. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not very popular, but I think there are certain cultures in Nigeria that consume that, you know, but they're not the majority. <laughs> Yeah, he called it. He called it that. That's like the pride of. Okay, it's fine. One day I will I make see, you taste. Like, that's the thing. You will taste it. Yeah, I actually want to experience that, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. That's why Africa needs to come together. Like mm-hmm. you need to experience different cultures, and then if possible, someone can export this to your country. You guys yeah. can have something that you don't eat and ex- export it here, and we can mm-hmm. have trans, trans, national, trans, like continental trade. trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that you have that kind of ideology and like that kind of mindset. In line with that, how important do you then think, because we've spoken about like how it's very important for countries to collaborate and especially across the film mm-hmm. industry. How important do you think film is in preserving culture and our heritage? I think it's very important. Same as music, mm-hmm. same as books, same as paintings. Um, but with film, you get to experience it more because it's you're using your sight, you're using your consuming sound can't taste it yeah but sight and sound with music is just sound with pictures is just sight mm-hmm. but with film you actually combine both yeah and film travels a lot faster so music is doing really well but you can watch a nigerian film or a south african film or a congolese film and it's subtitled and you can try to relate 
and it can be uploaded online and kept for a thousand years. Yes. It helps document things and it helps us to understand where we were at at a certain point in time. Mm-hmm. And that for me is paramount. Film is paramount in preserving heritage. Priceless. And more importantly, I think film can be used to push narratives. So I'll give an example. What's the best army in the world? Soldiers. Oh, war. soldiers. What's I mean, everyone's going to say the American army. Do you know why? Probably because they constantly telling us that and pushing that in our faces and making it seem in like movies. they are. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the, that's, that's a power of film. Because even as a kid, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL for wow. America mm-hmm. and a Nigerian. <laughs> Because, because I see the movies, I see Delta Force, I see Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. They're like, leave no man behind. You hear the music, man. I'm, uh, I'm like, That's true. I need to be one of those guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So film is very important. For all we know, it could be the British Army. It could be the Russian Army. Yeah. But hey, they've sold us that message. Like if you ask who's the most patriotic person in the world, you see the Americans. You would you say it's the Americans. When they say, and God, they end their speeches with, and God, God bless, bless America. America or something. It's a narrative that's been pushed through film through music you can't quantify it mm-hmm. so if we could do the same with films in africa which we've kind of done because someone like mandela a lot of people don't know well, a lot of kids now might not know mandela and what he fought for and mm-hmm. the struggle but through all these films that they've made over time there's a high chance you might come across one and you might ask that question who is mandela mm-hmm. what's the film and you're like oh my god oh wow this is him and yeah it helps tell that story so yeah film is very critical to doing that And so taking a little bit of a deeper dive into your actual film journey, which character or role like have you done that sort of built your character the most? I would say Epe in Ajaxia because it was about the discipline, about being different people because we shot for about seven months, maybe Mm -hmm. eight, I think seven months. Mm -hmm. And growing from the beardless, almost bald guy who would stammer in front of his father, who was always limping, Mm-hmm. but was in love with someone to grow into this tyrant fully bearded fearless never stammering who stopped being in love and now wanted to create a whole this political agenda of bringing one idoma it was having to navigate and see a character grow over mm-hmm. seven months a long period of time with tivdo unbroken yeah he had no legs yeah he was sad <laughs> yeah, he started working with the kid mm-hmm. it's a pretty simple art yeah it's pretty simple but with Epe, he went through a lot. The time he trusted his father, trusted his friend, was betrayed by his friend, betrayed by the love of his life, found weapons, interacted with the white man. You know, it's, it was such a fluid and complex journey mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. really stayed with me. It really stayed with me. So yeah, that character. I love that you said Epe because like that's high key, a very biased thing for me to say right now because I love Ajoche. That's the first place... I saw yourself and Aka. And I mm. first I first hated Epe. I was like, this whiny, yeah. cowardly, <laughs> I know. you know, excuse of a man. And that was very, very, very harsh of me to judge him like that. Because eventually I realized no, no, that. No, not really. Was it though? Not really. No, because he was a coward. But you see, a lot of people forget that Epe never wanted to be king. That's true. All he wanted to do was get married to Ella Ketchel on his mm-hmm. life. But then his father defiled her, raped her, and then she wasn't fit to marry royalty anymore. And then he said, if I become king, I can change that rule and marry her. Wow. Hence, the political ambition starts. So it's, it's, 
Epa is more complex than people think. He's not just uh, yeah. I keep saying he was motivated by love. Mm-hmm. He was actually motivated by love. He was a lover boy. And towards the end, his motivation started switching from love to political. When he realized that there were weapons and there was a bigger land out there than just a doma. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Let's do so much more. But yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Fun fact, I almost did, I almost didn't do a church because once again, the way my mind works is very weird. No way. So they had reached out and I was going for another audition and I met Aka there. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, yo, yo, bro, what, like, what are you up to? And he said, oh, um, Ajache, he's playing a role. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they offered me a role as well. I was supposed to go in to talk, like, contract and see the set. But I don't know how I feel about all that. And like, Effa, you have to do it, man. I'm doing it. You ha- like, you ha- we have to do this together. Yeah. You're like, you know, we'll go together. And then it was basically off Aka's excitement. That, that I actually is, did it. I that's kid you awesome. Not. That's very awesome. Aka was so like, if I'm playing Ali Chibi, you have to be epic, man. Like, we're brothers. We're going to do this. And no then like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Okay. Okay, Aka. I'll do this. Let's wow. do this. It was his ginger last minute. Because I was like, should I? Should I not? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. He said, Effa, we are doing this. Let's go. Let's go. God bless that man. Because like, what? That, <laughs> that character. Like I said, at the beginning, I hated him. I was just like, this guy's just like a weenie. You know, he's just, what is he doing? Like, let him just stand up to your dad and just get this over and done with. Then he turned into mm. the tyrant at the end. And I think for me, it was more than mm. just like acting out or whatever. For the longest time, I thought he was acting out. But then I realized that, look, this is what happens to a man. Like when life just keeps throwing L's at you and yeah. like nothing you do is right. The girl that you want doesn't want you and everything. Like it had nothing to do mm-hmm. with Ali Genuine, all to do with him just finding himself. Yeah. Yeah. And guess the funny thing, people don't realize this, but by the end, he had become more like his father. Yeah. And he just so always... was like full circle. Yeah. You see, at the end, when he's telling his father, like, sit on the throne. Like, have that's this is what you always wanted. You yeah. always wanted the throne, right? Sit on it. How does it how does it feel? Mm. You know, and then he realized that Ali Chidu was never really the enemy. Mm-hmm. He was just poisoned by his father, and then he ended up taking responsibility for his own shortcomings. And he realized that you know what? It's really not worth it. Yeah. I've lost the plot. Literally. I mean, it was too late, but I'm still glad that he was like man enough to do that. (laughs) It's funny that I'm throwing all of these terms because I'm very big on like defining masculinity and not allowing or helping like i don't think it's really my place or anyone but a man's place to to help men to come into their own when it comes to masculinity and defining that you think so you think so at this point i think so because like we've become such antagonists when it comes to that and i feel like being the victim and like constantly proposing the remedy to your situation also becomes a bit tiring but i really am so invested in this and that's why i always have conversations with strong men to just help Mm. other, other men to see that look Somebody like you, somebody that's done great things, someone that's in a prominent place, whatever the case may be, they could literally be a reflection of who you want to be in the future. They're saying it's okay to be in touch with your emotions, to be able to manage your emotions, to be able to express yourself, to feel. I feel like women have a very important role Mm -hmm. to play with men and their masculinity because the reason why men are the way they are is because of women, not because of other men. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah, so for example... I have seen situations where a guy complains about something and the woman says, are you not a man? Yeah, that's not good, yeah, big. Men, mm. men hardly say that to each other. To, yeah, about it, really. that's true. Because they understand what the other guy is going through. So if he wants to break down and cry, that means he's hit that point. Damn. So men hardly actually challenge other men. Mm-hmm. It's usually women who say, are you not a man? Mm-hmm. 
you must do this, you must do that. So when they say men define masculinity, I'm like, no, it's more like women define that. Because if more women allow men to be vulnerable, you'd be surprised what what would happen. Mm -hmm. Because you see situations where a guy says something at a vulnerable point to a lady. And then she mocks him. He would never say it again. He would mm-hmm. never be caught dead. True. Because True. I remember I said, but, but you see, the same thing works the other way around. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like why women are more guarded. It works both ways yeah. with their emotions. Because when a guy uses your heart to play football, <laughs> once beaten, twice shy, yeah. you're uh, like, ah, nah, nah, fam. It can never you know? be me. Mm. So it can never be me. So in the end, I don't think it's down to one gender to define masculinity or femininity. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's both parties coming together to say, look, it's okay to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And understand that each relationship is individual and different and unique. So when I see people saying stuff online like, oh, I will never cook for my husband. Or why should I cook for my husband after work? I'm like, you get to understand that there is no general rule. That's true. Thing. It's about the individual. Like imagine if you got married to a chef who loves cooking. You'd probably never enter the kitchen. That's true. If you are a sensible man, your wife wakes up at 7 a.m. You wake up at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. and she goes to work and comes back at nine you, you come back at nine why do you think she has more power than you to go and start cooking that's the word because you're just as tired mm-hmm. yeah because you're just as tired so it's a conversation i mean if it was me i'd probably say okay so that means if i come back at nine let's just grab some eats outside that's because true. you're fam i'm tired you're tired you know but it's a conversation it's a conversation mm-hmm. that is individual then again some women have been raised that at nine o'clock when i get back i will cook for my husband because i want to it makes me happy mm-hmm. so don't look down on her that's what makes her happy mm-hmm. it's her joy it's her joy so let everybody just live individual lives be vulnerable be strong and be happy yeah easy, easy life we overcomplicate things and we spoke about heartbreak right and you've had your fair share of roles we have been chopping breakfast so let's go standard <laughs> is it tire which is like the height of them all like now playing all of these guys mm-hmm. that have chopped heartbreak first of all do you think you've been typecast as a, as a lover boy or yeah. someone who gets his heart broken as a lover boy but like as a soft usually getting his um, heart broken so, I mean- so that's the thing i was having this conversation the other day and i said i do other roles but people just don't see them so for example there's a movie called till six well this brooding chain smoker who's well whose wife left him but he mm-hmm. was all action and all nobody talked about it <laughs> it just wasn't as popular okay i did seven yes i saw seven first yeah. NBC nomination seven wasn't lover boy mm-hmm. well Joshua, there's kind of love but that wasn't what drove his character mm-hmm. um there have been a couple of movies roles that haven't been lover boy driven but they're just not as popular so as i say if it's not broken don't fix it there are other roles the stuff i've done is coming out that has nothing to do with love mm-hmm. um but if love sells hey hey <laughs> why not <laughs> why not but i mean it will get boring at some point in time so i, I do mm-hmm. try to branch out to do different things i'm sure there's, there's, there's a bunch of stuff coming there's a bunch of stuff coming i'm very much looking forward to that and these particular roles like these for example tayo because i remember that you really defended the character because you said that the character was misunderstood because you have yeah. to you have to see the character development as well for tayo because i remember that first season man like having your wife cheat on yeah. you with your brother is a lot it's a whole lot tayo's going through he's going through 
with PTSD, I keep telling you guys. He is. Well, really think about it. So Tyre, yeah. I see, that's the thing. And this is the common misconception. People feel like Tyre is a gold digger. Mm-hmm. If you watch the last episode of season one, he says to her, I bought this ring with my money. How did I get this job in your father's company? Was with my degree, for my hard work. I deserved it. You didn't put me here. Yeah. I worked hard for this position. His only crime was he fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. And she turned out to be a, a horrible person. And because she was a horrible person, she even used to deny him sex. Everyone forgets this. <laughs> That's true. So he felt unloved. And then he sees Adiza. You know what? I might as well try my luck here because, hey, I'm suffering. Mm-hmm. And they hit up this love thing. And then he now finds out, oh, his wife is ready. And he's like, you know what? I'm done. Now, having all that in him, all that trauma, he goes off on this wild bandwagon and then he meets Tiara. Oh, and he's just trying to get back on his feet. And then he finds out rich man's kid, PTSD. He remembers his first wife. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this because you could break my heart again. Yeah. So he thinks, you know what? I'm just going to go with my safer bet, which is Hadiza. At least Hadiza will not do me wrong. You're right. And then Tiara comes to him and she's like, look, I love you. You know, I'll be here for you, blah, 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 blah. And he says, you know what? Let's start this journey. Which he starts and he is faithful and loving and caring. Mm-hmm. He goes to pick up food from her favorite restaurant, sees Hadiza there and says, oh, Hadiza, how are you? Hope you are good. And they hug. Yeah. Hadiza sees Tiara and hugs him closer. He gets home and he doesn't feel like he's done anything wrong. And boom, problem. Yeah. So look, tires just understood. There's so many tires walking around in this world. I swear. <laughs> it's very, I very swear. sad. But to bring us to a close. By the way, fun fact, I actually turned down the tire roll. As well. This is how you just be I turning swear. down your destiny. I don't understand. <laughs> see, I don't see. <laughs> Even me, I I was like, so what happened was I'd gone into read for the character and they said, Oh, you got it. I'm like, okay, super excited, let's do this. And then I had to shave for a judge. So I shaved and I went back and I said, guys, I don't look like the guy who you hired. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be like a fine boy, playboy, object of desire. And like looks good in a suit and all that. And I'm like, guys, this is I'll have you. to humbly, <laughs> humbly step down. Yeah. You guys can give someone else. But luckily, luckily they came back and said, nope. We still want you. You are our tire. Yeah. I will give you, give you this beard to put on, which was a bad idea because the beard looked like someone's carpet. But yeah, that's how my village people did not win. Yeah. I, no, but like on a serious note, I think we have to hold like prayer meeting for you because you cannot be turning down all of these. Characters. I'm telling you. No, 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 because because I wanted them to have a great project. Mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't look like the character. So mm-hmm. I was like, ah. Let me not come and spoil work think, for you. Yeah, let me not come and spoil your work. Oh. Let me yeah. just... And they said, no, 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 come. I think we can pull it up. So thank God. Big shout out to the team. Big shout out to Tola Odunsi. Mm-hmm. Um, Big shout out to, every, to everybody that worked on the project and gave me a chance. Big shout out to them. Thank you so much, Effa. It's been <laughs> wonderful. It's been very wonderful. I just want to basically ask you for a final word of encouragement, number one, but advice to aspiring actors and actresses and people in the film industry, not necessarily, you know, people in front <laughs> of the camera about the support systems that are available i think many people just get in there they don't know where to start they don't know who to speak to how to get to where you are and even further so what word do you have for them first of all pray 
but also be ready to do the hard work. Mm-hmm. Nothing good comes easy. Don't give up. Like you have no, no idea how many roles I auditioned for and I didn't get. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't let that get me down for too long. You know, you can get back up on your feet and try again. Don't be scared to explore and don't be envious of yes. your colleagues. Yes. It's very, it's, it's very, very important. Don't be envious of your colleagues. Don't be like, oh, why did they give this person this role? Why did they give me? Oh, mm-hmm. they're favoring him. No, it wasn't yours. Mm-hmm. If it is yours, it will come to you. That's Just true. do your part. I've seen situations where they have given someone a role. Someone else came. They gave someone else. They gave someone. They gave like three people. In the end, they still came back to that person. And when it's your time to shine, you will shine. Like if I tell you how I get some roles, you just be like, nah, stop. <laughs> no ways. King of Boys. How I got King of Boys is the funniest thing. I wasn't even on the list. No ways. I was not on the list when you were doing auditions. I wasn't even considered. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in the room. And then time went by and then Kemi just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And then she's watching TMC. And she's like, huh, that guy. <laughs> and she calls Tola and says, what's up, what's up, what's up with that boy? What's up with that yeah. like, he's a cool guy. He's a good guy. So, okay, let him do an audition. That's and it. then I did the audition. I, I think I was shooting Rattlesnake at the time. I was tired. So I took like sleeping pills to just knock out. So she called three times. Told her she called three times. I missed the calls. I get oh, up. No I'm way. groggy. I'm like, hello. And she's like, oh, can you do the audition? And send within the hour. I'm Oof. like, okay. Coffee, energy, drinks, I'm up. So it, it was just meant to be. Yeah. So don't give up. Do the hard work. What is yours is yours. Pray. Be adventurous. Take risks. Don't be cold and prepared. And don't be jealous. Yeah, never be unprepared. Never be. Emphasis on that one. Thank you so much. It's been fun speaking to you. Same here. Can't wait for the day I meet you in person. Can't wait as well. Can't wait as well. Oh, I know that this might sound very cliche and horrible of me, but can you dance, Makosa? Yeah, I can. (laughs) (laughs) I can. Is that that like the first? The first thing you ask every Congolese person you meet. I don't think I've ever met anyone from Congo, actually. Now that really? I think about it. Oh, wow. Congo, Congo. I don't know. Maybe I have, but I can't remember right now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no. Well, in my head, if I'm from Cameroon or Congo, I just think, where's Kofi Olomide from? From Congo, DRC. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where's Where's this other guy that was doing Fine Boy, Lover Boy? Um, oh, Fine no, Boy, Lover Boy. It wasn't Kofi. Is it Fali? Yes. Yes. Fali. See, fun. I had a friend who, who had like Fali posters all over the room. No jokes. Yeah. No jokes. From the same place. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you serious? Ah. Yeah, legit. Something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What is waste? My man. My that's man. The, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> No, Jeffers, thank you so much to every person that has listened to this episode, that listens to the podcast. Please continue to share the conversation, keep the conversation going in your respective circles. And let's make Sakina Speaks a household name. Continue to watch every single movie. Like, I have so many movies to still catch up to. I still have to watch Rattlesnake, that Hannah story. They're still King of Boys. I was just yeah, so should, traumatized by the first part. I was like, God, I cannot, Madame Shola Shabawale just did nice. too much. Yeah. And I was like, she's yeah. too good at this. Like, I was so scared. So I will summon the courage and I'll go and watch that you guys have amazing amazing directors you have amazing actors and actresses too many for me to name right now but thank you so very much for giving me your time to Mm. each and every single person again that keeps listening love you so much this journey has been amazing a faith story really the way this even happened is a faith story thank god but yeah take care stay blessed follow effort on instagram on all his social media and support us guys we need you we love you sakina has spoken